friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, February the 2nd, and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life and God's goodness and God's grace today. Thank you for being present with me and breaking open God's word. It is so good. And today we celebrate a feast day. We celebrate a feast, we celebrate the feast of the presentation of the Lord. So this is a pretty high feast day. And on those high feast days, we take a, uh, a step aside from the normal routine, the gospel we were walking through sequentially. So in this case, Mark's gospel, we had finished the fifth chapter of Mark yesterday. And so today, normally, we would be starting uh, Mark chapter 6. But because this is a high feast day, we are going to step aside from that, and we are going to go back to Luke chapter 2. Now, I had a choice, my friends. I could have done a very lengthy gospel, but based on the fact that we just had two incredibly lengthy gospels in a row, 20 verses and then, what, 23, I think, respectively, on Monday and Tuesday, well, today's could have been 19, but I hope you're okay. I'm paring it down to 11 verses. We're going to go Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 32. Now, the the lectionary gives me that option, the long or the short form. So I hope you're okay. We're going to do the short form today. Still got plenty of girth, so don't think you're being cheated. Uh, The only thing we're getting cheated out of is really kind of the prophetess Anna. And if you really like it, pick up the gospel. It's pretty darn good. But Luke 2 verses 22 to 32. Let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate of the law of the Lord. (laughs) Now, brothers and sisters, that was one sentence. (laughs) Okay, let's keep going. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's do a a little bit of history here first. What is it that we celebrate So this feast, brothers and sisters, we know it dates back to the, at a minimum, let's just say, uh, to the 4th century. 
So that would have been, remember, okay, that means it's the 300s. I know that's always so odd, 4th century, but it's the 300s. So the church is now above ground. It's no longer in the catacombs. It's no longer a persecuted church. That happens about the year 313 when Constantine issues that Edict of Milan, says it can be, you know, it can be, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Recognized. How about that? Uh, Faith. And uh, so we know it, it dates back to the time when they went above ground, that there were some major feasts that the church celebrated around the Christmas season. The first being December 25th, of course, the Feast of the Incarnation, what we call Christmas, uh, the Christ Mass. Uh, the Feast of Epiphany was uh, celebrated, but then so was this, the presentation of the Lord. Now, this day is 40 days, 4 zero after Christmas. And, uh, and that's why they, they put it here. And there's a reason for that. So, um, twofold. It celebrates two things here. Now, we call it the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. So that should give you a hint as to one of the things that, that it, it focuses upon. It focuses on exactly what the Law of Moses. Now, when it says the Law of Moses, brothers and sisters, know that it's saying the first five books of, of Scripture. That's Genesis, right? Exodus. Uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So those five books, it is uh, saying within that law, because that's one of the words for it. It's the law, the Pentateuch, uh, the uh, Septuagint. Um, those are the, the, the uh, well, it's not the Septuagint. Why did I say that? Um, the Pentateuch. The, uh, the, those were, that, was, that was the heart of Jewish tradition and Jewish uh, scriptures. So anyway, within that law, it says every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord. Well, Jesus, of course, was that. It means the firstborn male shall be set aside, sanctified, consecrated, made holy, shall be a gift given to the Lord. And this, and how do you do that? You, you come and offer a sacrifice of a pair of two turtle doves or young pigeons in the temple. And so this was Mary and Joseph entering to do that, in a sense saying, Lord, you have given us this gift, and we are giving this gift back to you. Do with this young man, this boy of 40 days old, this infant, whatever you will. I mean, it's a really beautiful tradition, and it really shows a great deal of trust in God. Lord, you have given us this gift. It is not ours to to do with. It is yours. And so they don't leave him at the temple like Hannah did, right, with uh, with Samuel. Um, but they they ritually consecrate, make holy, give as a gift back to God. Well, we know how that worked out, right? Beautifully in this case. So that's one of the things this feast celebrates. The other is the Feast of the Purification of Mary. Now, uh, there's a reason this day is 40 days after, because the law says that anyone coming in contact with blood, uh, especially with those, those, what we'll say, the mysteries of God, birth and death, right? Because that's those... Um, places of, well, I'll use the the Irish word, the thin veil, where the afterlife 
and this life become close together with the birth uh, coming to us as gift from God and death as we go back to God. And so anyone associated with that, particularly with the touching and passing of blood, was ritually impure for 40 days. And so when one has reached that 40-day time, they needed to present themselves to be ritually made pure so they can re-enter the community. It's why oftentimes, brothers and sisters, in the healings with Jesus, after he heals somebody, let's say a leper, uh, he says, go present yourself to the priest. Why? Because the priest is the gatekeeper. They're the ones that ritually say, okay, you were impure, but now you are pure. They perform this brief ritual and they can become a member of the community again. Mary, from the time of birth of Christ, December 25th, until today, has been separate and apart and distinct from the community because she was ritually impure. And this is the time where not only are they presenting Jesus as gift to God, they are presenting Mary, in a sense, for purification and entrance back into the community. So that's a little history about what this uh, this feast is and what we celebrate today. Throughout the centuries, you know, it was set up as um, uh, just one of the big feast days. You know, originally some people would, would say, and I think have, have argued that the Christmas season went through this. And you may say, well, that's incredibly long. But think of the Easter season, right? Easter season goes 50 days, 5-0. It goes from Easter Sunday all the way until Pentecost, seven weeks later. Uh, and, um, and so uh, Christmas season would have included, and up to this uh, date, presentation of the Lord, but since then has been brought back uh, to the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. So, you know, usually somewhere in the area of two-ish weeks uh, following the, the celebration of Christmas. But uh, over the years, uh, I want to say it was in the 8th century, that one of the popes at that point did a candlelight procession. And then the tradition came about that people would bring their candles to this mass and have them blessed. And hence, another name for this uh, feast day is the Feast of Candlemas, the Candle Mass. So Christmas would be the beginning of the Christmas season, and at that time, Candlemas would have been the end, the Candle Mass, where we got those candles blessed, because why? Christ is the light of the world, and we, and we bring that back into our home. Two things to, to ponder, and I'll just be brief with them uh, before we just uh, offer this up for prayer. And the first is this, and it's going to be based on Jesus and Mary, exactly what's going on here. Brothers and sisters, and, and it kind of ties into yesterday. I love that, that image of the, the woman uh, who touched the robe, and then Jesus felt the power go out of him and looked around And she had to go forward and bring the whole story to him and trust that is God that good or is God going to rebuke her uh, because of something that she did or some act of desperation or or whatever is going on. And, and of course, Jesus didn't do that, but he said, your faith has saved you. In a sense, I, I, I bring that same thing here today. What is it we bring to God to be made holy and to consecrate? Do we only bring those parts of our lives that seem pretty good, that seem to have it together? Because I think those are easy to bring to God. 
Um, but I don't think that's necessarily... I, I know that's not only what God wants. But I think if he had to choose between the two, those parts that are pure within us, those parts that are impure, those parts that look good, those parts that don't, gosh, I think he'd, he'd go for the latter. Don't you think? This is a God who lifts up and idealizes going after the lost sheep. This is the God who paints the story of the, the father watching down the road for the son, and when he finds him, he goes running out to meet him. Right? What do we present to God to be made holy? Our God wants all of us. He doesn't just want the parts that look good. He wants all of us. And I think, again, that, and, and I know I, I stepped in these areas yesterday, and so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I think we have to come to terms with who we are. That we are, you know, that grain and chaff, wheat and weeds. And that's okay. We are still the beloved. Not because of the wheat that we give to God, but because of the fact that we are God's delight. We are God's creation. We are God's beloved son and daughter. Um, and you know what? It takes a great deal of vulnerability to bring those shadow sides of us, those ones that we aren't proud of, those ones that we may even be ashamed of, and to bring them to God. Not just say, God, change me, but maybe God love me in the midst of this because I'm having a hard time loving me in the midst of this. What do we bring to God on a daily basis to be made holy, to be consecrated? My friends, you are gift. You are gift. And so am I. Not because of our doing. We are gift because of God. God gave us these gifts all within us. And some of those gifts, my friends, we have to know we have used well. And I praise and thank God for that. But some we've kept under wraps. We've put under a, a bushel basket. We've, we've hid under our bed, right? Or some we've misused. And as I mentioned last week, maybe they burned down the bed when we misuse the gift like that. Let's present it to him. Because I know I can't do it. And I suspect you can't either. So let's consecrate that. Let's present that to the Lord. Second thing. You know, this idea of purification of Mary. That the society said, listen, you are ritually impure, even though you just gave birth to the Savior of the world. Even though the angels were singing Gloria. Even though the shepherds and the kings came and, and prostrated, you know. Um, you're still impure. I mean, I know rationally and logically it doesn't make a lot of sense. But but again, that's that's their understanding. Those were those close times of God, and, and life was contained in blood. But I guess my question for us to ponder is, who do we see as ritually impure? Not just who, but what. What, what are those people that were like, hmm, if I come in contact with them, it just doesn't feel right. Or I, I keep them at arm's length because... 
I don't know that I want to be part of a community with them, whoever they are. Who are those ones we keep at arm's length? Uh, I'm not saying, brothers and sisters, we need to be, <clears throat> oh, what's the word I'm looking for? We, we, have to, we have to care for ourselves. We have to be prudent. And, and we can't be uh, harmful and set ourselves up to be hurt. But at the same time, how do we love the other? Do we see the world as us and them, the pure and the impure? Because I don't think God sees it that way. And, and how can we get beyond, you know, we got to, if you want to be part of us, if you want to join our group, our church, our community, our gathering, our family, you've got to jump through this hoop, this hoop, and this hoop. How do we get rid of those things and see them as God sees them? Or see ourselves? Which part of ourselves do we feel are impure? Those parts, again, that we don't consecrate to God. I, I just, I guess the only thing I'll say here, and I'll move on, is, my friends, if we see the world in black and white, I think we're doing ourselves and the world a disservice. How do we realize that those people, whoever they are, carry the same struggles uh, and the same joys and the same hopes and the same... Uh, voices in their head that we do? And how do we help them realize that God is right there with them then too? Not just on the other side of whatever hoops society sets up. It's worth pondering anyway and seeing if we live within a structure and we don't even see it. That said, my friends, let's pray, shall we? Uh, knowing our God is here and grateful for that. Let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third sorrowful mystery, the crowning of thorns. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you on this feast day. Uh, may God be with you as you present yourselves as living gifts to our God this day. God's peace.